Welcome to the podcast Beyond the Triangle. I'm Amy Beth Horman, and this is episode 22, entitled The Well-Tempered Parent. Today we are going to talk about the importance of a parent's temperament as it pertains to the success of their young artist. I chose to talk about this today because, like many of my episodes, this has been a topic that has popped up in my mind lately, both here at home and also working with some parents at a recent parent education seminar. Often things start percolating in my head, and as I tweak my own thoughts about things through parenting Ava, I start journaling or writing things down. The episode starts almost writing itself in this way, and it's easier to share and record. So sometimes I might write an episode by request from other teachers or a listener who has emailed me, but lots of times the episode occurs to me organically through my own teaching or my work with Ava. The truth is, this parenting thing is a journey. We all grow as parents right alongside the kids, in my opinion, and some hurdles we see coming. Certainly, being sleep-deprived for years isn't in anybody's personal wish list, but we do it, right? We know this is what they need to grow and become independent. It's a hurdle of parenting that's well-documented, and it stretches us thin temporarily, but for their own good. When we get worn thin to the point of being at the ends of our ropes, we can read countless books and articles and join parenting groups or chats and find the support we need. But again, in this case, we knew this going in, right? In fact, we all pretty much know there will be predictable challenges at each stage in their development as children, and we will have to stretch a bit and buck up a lot. That is why these stages are so well documented. Terrible twos, anyone? But is this true for what we face as the parents of young musicians? Do we know in advance what will be expected from us or how we will have to stretch as human beings in order to do this right? Are we aware of the very common emotional hurdles we will be required to jump through so as not to hobble them in this already difficult training process? I'm not so sure all of us know this. Let's face it. As we first start out music lessons, we're not even sure how their interest will grow or where it will take us. I'm also not a mom who believes that I received the children I was born ready to parent. For each of my children, I've had to stretch and grow, do personal work, sometimes leading me significantly out of my comfort zones for long stretches of time in order to be the right parent for them. Maybe the fact that I have the capacity to do that in the end is why my children are mine, but that's getting a bit farther off the beaten path than I like to go. In any case, I feel blessed they're mine, and I do it because I love them. Certainly, I make plenty of mistakes along the way. They've all challenged me in different ways, and I'm a better person for having parented each of them. So the thing is, I believe there are personal hurdles for parents of musical children, too. Expected ones. Ones we will all have to journey at some point. This is what I'm going to be talking about today. And for certain parents, this will come easier than others. But I believe we can all grow. We all have the ability to take the time to work on ourselves for the greater good of everyone around us. 
especially if we know hurdles are coming and the impact we will have on things, we can find the motivation to do some work on ourselves to get ready for this. All in support of our developing young artists and also of everyone else that's helping them. Here's some real talk right off the bat from my perspective as a teacher. Some hurdles will challenge some parents longer than others. We see them week to week coming out of the studio. Every teacher I know encounters this. Maybe one parent deals with disappointments more fluidly or has a better time heading back to training after a big competition is over. Maybe one finds themselves making comparisons between students and their progress through the repertoire, but another parent just naturally appears tunnel-visioned for their own child, seemingly unaware of anyone else's rep list. Some parent attributes come naturally through who they are or their own history and upbringing. Other things I believe they've had to work on in other areas of their life or careers to succeed, and they're finding it handy right now. But there are differences between parents, and while the parents might react to things very differently, the children involved might be strikingly similar in terms of talent, ambition, and drive. But here's the thing. The differences in the parents' temperaments start to really change the trajectory at a certain point. This can be so hard for a teacher to watch. We will try and counsel a bit or work with parents in lessons or emails in an attempt to get them through what are inevitable rough patches in training. But some hills are very high to climb. And we all falter sometimes. I'll be the first to admit that I do. As Ava's parent, I almost needed a little bit of counseling shortly before buying her first very fine violin. My own family wasn't particularly on board, and I myself never had a fine instrument that young. I also took half a day to myself after a recent audition disappointment. Ugh. Luckily, she was in school, but I really needed those few hours to press my own reset button. Yep, disappointments happen in our household, too. I even know better, but I still found myself in a bit of a funk. Not everything works out, and sometimes even when we feel it should. Sometimes Ava feels she played her absolute best, and she knows in her heart that it's going to work out, but then it just doesn't line up. Nothing can be sunny or full of optimism all the time, right? This might surprise everyone, but I sit in the audience at San Francisco Conservatory or at competitions scared for her, just like every other parent there, I think. I hope I hide it well, but I'm not sure I do. Once I dumped an entire water bottle on the floor of a final round, and I honestly think my husband will never stop laughing about this. I get flustered sometimes. I spend some lessons with Ava watching her play for her teacher and hoping she focuses and shows him her hard work. But some days are better than others. So much work going into every performance, and I know her heart is bursting, wanting to express herself perfectly every time. It's a hard role to be a studio parent, and I feel it full force. I'm a work in progress. I honestly never knew exactly how hard it was before I became one myself. 
The difference for me is that I know I need to grow as a person and as a mom to be what she needs long term. And I know this through my teaching and having watched the effect it can have. I've watched young artists not get where they should in their careers. Because even though I believe they were made for this, their parents, with all the right intentions, made it harder than it should have been. And I say that with great empathy and more empathy now than I have ever had before. So I'm motivated to work on myself in the hopes I can keep up with the pace she's setting and be there through all of the trials and tribulations of a young career in the arts. She wants it, and I have faith that she should have it. So I need to rise up and be the best parent for her. And I have to tell you, I have a feeling it won't be easy. It's part of what motivated me to write this episode. So let's talk about the specifics of what I believe a parent's temperament needs to be. It seems easy to think about the success of young arts training as being tied to parents being supportive, present, and able to pay for the training, committing to the time that's necessary. These are certainly the basics. And yes, thank goodness for scholarships, grants, carpools, and teachers who will go way out of their way to help a kid receive the training they deserve. I have had teachers like this in my life. Ava has them now. And I have in turn tried to be that teacher for many over the years. What we don't hear about is the emotional twists and turns we will face as a parent and how we react to that can have serious impact on a sensitive young talent. Artists by nature are incredibly sensitive and pick up on everything around them. It could be that as a parent, you are not like this. But it would benefit everyone for you to realize this about your young musician and adjust things accordingly from time to time. This goes beyond having a kid who is more sensitive than another. A child who is a young artist will actually be affected to things around them to the extent that they won't be able to find the balance or the grounding necessary to produce their music, music that they've worked incredibly hard for. And if this is happening around an audition or performance, there is a lot of hard work at risk. So let's talk about the emotional fortitude and temperament you will need as a parent of a young artist by outlining a few common emotion-filled scenarios I see a lot during training. Disappointments, negative outcomes, surprises, and plateaus. And let's start with some heavy emotional hitters first so you know where I'm headed. How do parents react to disappointments? We've talked about growth mindset for the kids and we try and live it as the parents too, but are we? If you believe in growth mindset, you know it's okay to make mistakes in rehearsals and practice and that some things will take a while to root and grow to refinement. But what about when we do all of the work correctly and have a subpar performance even so? This can come as a shock to everyone, but the fact is we all have bad days doing what we do best, and so will our kids. We can do everything right, and so can they, and we might still have a performance that on the surface feels very disappointing. To illustrate the importance of the temperament of a young artist's parents, 
I'm going to share from my teaching perspective what I have seen and my feelings about it surrounding disappointments. At my studio, I have seen three general responses from parents after subpar performances. You might want to buckle up because some of them are a little cringeworthy, even though I know they were likely trying their best. But don't worry, I'm going to start with the good ones. I've seen parents be stoic and supportive, kind and warm-hearted in response to an unexpectedly problematic performance from their young artist. I've seen them pull them aside for a quiet chat, a hug, real reassurance. Generally, the student is devastated in these circumstances and is really in need of understanding. So this is heartwarming to see as their teacher. I think it also helps to quickly have a plan to try again in the next few weeks. And when they are ready to talk about what went well and what some of the positive points are from their performance. Overall, these parents also focus on how proud they are of the efforts they've seen to get to this day and also of the courage it took to even try. This is modeling a great growth mindset. As a side note of real talk, I realize as a teacher and now as a studio parent how hard an emotional feat this is. You've given countless hours to this as a parent too in training, driving to lessons, times at home helping with practices and run-throughs, maybe even mock performances with family and friends. That's not even counting the financial implications or the side trips to the violin shop for new strings or bow hair, extra lessons, extra rehearsals, time off work. Sometimes our whole lives revolve around this. Okay, almost all the time. And then to have it not go well, you might be devastated too. But these parents in the first group I just described somehow clearly shelf that for now. And they put the child first. I genuinely applaud them. Okay, on to the next example of a response to a subpar performance. I've seen parents react to their child's performance with open disappointment while still being warm and nurturing. They have expressed some concerns out loud that they aren't sure why this is happening, and sometimes they do it in front of the kid and me. This is honest and raw, and I think it is likely the best they can muster in the moment. I feel for everyone in this scenario, and I've seen many variations to it. In the end, the child feels a bit overwhelmed, helpless, and wishes that they could just do it all again. Lost is the opportunity for there to be earnest, immediate respect for the courage it took to try whatever piece they did, or pride in all of the hours going in. The main emotion the child picks up on is disappointment and helplessness. And really, no matter what we do for them to get them ready for every performance, my opinion is that children are by far more invested than we are. So their loss in a subpar performance is far greater. They are more than just concerned and disappointed and befuddled. They can sometimes feel shattered and powerless, and this is not something children are equipped to cope with alone. They have been imagining this triumphant moment in full detail for weeks, months, or years. Okay, on to my third parent reaction. Here we go down the rabbit hole, folks. 
I have unfortunately seen parents use a negative outcome as a vehicle to shame their kids into practicing more or working harder. I hope this shocks you a bit because you can't imagine it, but for some of you, it might not. And some parents will do this openly in front of people. In their highly emotive state, they also forget to thank teachers, pianists, presenters, the works. Their focus is on shaming the child. And this is honestly a very visceral reaction to disappointment. I sometimes try and reason with them. Maybe this is a first performance of a major work. Maybe practice has been difficult, but whose isn't really? Nobody, and I mean nobody, has flawless practice from day one to stage. It doesn't exist. And now is no time to rehash it with your young artist. The child involved will have put so much effort into whatever they just attempted, and they're experiencing a rush of very complex negative emotions. But the parents' emotions are so large in this reaction that they eclipse the child almost completely. My opinion is these parents are really misguided and they're feeling a loss of control. There are likely other things going on behind the scenes as well. I should tell you that I have actually seen parents behave this way even after performances that just had tiny slips, if I'm honest. Growth mindset is seriously out the window now, right? Sometimes after these episodes the child will double back on the parent and not trust them in the learning process anymore. They feel judged and unfairly so. They feel misunderstood. So please hear me. We have to be careful in our reactions on these disappointing days. I think the majority of parents fall into the middle category and maybe more than they would like. Emotions run high and they're trying to keep it together. They try really hard to stay in category one, but sometimes they slip. This is only human. But if I could get one thing across to parents today, it's to memorize the following phrases for after concerts. So yes, I'm giving parents homework. It helps to memorize these because after subpar events, you will feel flustered and these gems need to fall right out of your mouth without too much effort because your mind might be racing, and feel free to edit some of them to suit your child and make them into phrases that you know will resonate with them. Here are a few. I'm so proud of you. I can't believe how quickly you rallied up there today. You were so brave today. You were beautiful today. Then, quickly, before they dismiss you, focus on what went well. Attach it to skill sets. It works best to take note of this while they're playing so you have things on hand to say. Like, that spot after letter G was so crisp and clean, I couldn't believe it. Your posture in the beginning was perfect. It made the instrument sing. You had such a special moment in the lyrical section with the pianist today. I don't think I've ever heard you play the cadenza with more fire than you just did. Then, after you leave the concert location, it's good to have a plan where everyone can rest and relax. Make sure there is an open opportunity or two for dialogue, but avoid peppering with questions. Let them come to you. 
artists need time to process what's happened and they need to be able to trust you so that they can have an honest dialogue about how they feel when things don't go as planned. Okay, let's move to a different kind of scenario that requires emotional fortitude as a parent of a young artist. One which also brings about high emotions and is a real-time test of a parent's temperament. Let's talk about how we react as parents to a negative outcome from an audition or competition. And to make it more challenging, let's talk about a negative outcome that comes as a surprise after things go enormously well. How do we react to a great performance that wasn't recognized? I have seen this both in rounds of competitions and in auditions for festivals or orchestras. Again, I sometimes see the three reactions I outlined above for disappointments, but in some cases, the emotions here are even more amplified. There is a feeling of being wronged. And in this scenario, I see a fourth reaction happen out of emotions. In the case where a parent believes their child deserves something that has been awarded to someone else, they will sometimes take this up with me or the judges right then and there. Tempers flare. This is never a good idea because it shows an error in judgment and models hot-headed behavior in what should be a professional arena. As a teacher, I usually try and cut this off quickly and suggest they meet me outside in the parking lot or that we have a private phone conversation on our way home. I know how hard this is for parents because I've experienced it myself, both as a young competitive player and also now as Ava's parent. But believe me, it's better to leave the premises than it is to say things that cast you and your young musician in an unfavorable, entitled light for next year. And judges don't just judge that competition. They do many in the same area and sometimes sit on boards for preliminary rounds of large national and international competitions. I've had many text conversations on the drives home from final rounds of competitions. Parents shocked, outraged, kids disappointed and teary-eyed. They played their hearts out and had their dream performance, but then the ending wasn't what should have been written in the stars. My students have done very well in competition in general, but over 25 years, of course, there have also been some pretty surprising results. In the moment, it's hard to remember how subjective, and yes, how political, competitions can sometimes be. That's why I wrote those episodes on competitions. We have to remember that when we put ourselves out there as young musicians, we are guaranteed almost nothing but the experience in return and the beauty of the music we play. And that, in the final rounds... There can be literally no points separating the prizes. Sometimes one judge can sway the rest, and other times it has to do with other factors like personal preferences on styling or tempi. You cannot predict these things or train strategically for them. When you have a brilliant performance that you feel in your bones was winning, then you have already won, in my opinion. Artistic expression and technical freedom is its own prize, as hard as that is to swallow. 
If we as parents have told our children that we are proud of them no matter what the outcome, we have to be willing to live it in real time, even if we feel they've been robbed of an achievement. Sounds awful, right? Take a deep breath. This will happen to almost all of you. I've seen it happen so many times. The parents who react the healthiest sometimes to this are musicians themselves because they have seen this kind of subjectivity in their own careers already and reckoned with it in a personal way in order to continue their artistic growth. There is nothing black and white about competitions and achievements in classical music. Non-musician parents really grapple with this sometimes because this level of subjectivity doesn't exist in their careers when it comes to advancement or recognition. The first few times it happens to them, it comes as a literal shock, and they have a lot of trouble wrapping their head around it. But eventually, they have to understand this. A career in the arts is never linear or predictable, so we cannot hang our hats on one success or lose our heads on one disappointment. In my descriptions of parental reactions over disappointments and surprise negative outcomes, there are undoubtedly a lot of shades of gray in between these examples. I want everyone to know that I realize this, but to me, these three or four sets of reactions have pieces of all of us in there. Or maybe we have had the urge to go into one category, but yanked ourselves out quickly. This is what personal growth as a parent is all about. And I do believe we get better at it as we go. Let's move on now to talk about how we react as parents to surprise factors and flukes around our child's performances and auditions. How do you react as parents to unexpected challenges being thrown your way, like a sudden issue with their instrument, or the presenter at a venue, or travel or accommodations to an event or competition? Are we fluid and stoic in the midst of the unexpected? Or are we easily thrown, angered, flustered? If there's one thing I always try and tell parents, it is to expect the unexpected. It's coming. It always does. Sometimes it's small and funny, but other times not so much. Let's face it. We can only control so much in a concert scenario. There are a lot of other factors in the mix where we are forced to count on other people to deliver for us. And sometimes fluky stuff happens too, like a string popping or simple misunderstandings about rehearsals and appointments. Instruments are unpredictable, especially with travel, and human error is always possible. That isn't about someone purposefully not doing their job to hurt you or being complacent and losing your luggage because they don't care or flights being delayed for no reason people will still make simple mistakes around your concerts and appearances with the best of intentions. Stuff happens. So artists have to prepare in their work and practice so that they're mentally freed up to deal with whatever surprise might head their way on an important day. And since we are parenting and traveling with them or getting them to events and auditions, we're going to have to be fluid and be able to handle things that come out of nowhere for them as much as possible. They're still young, so they will take their cues from us. Here's an interesting tidbit about our house. 
I have never had my IQ tested, but Ava has because she needed it for an application somewhere. I don't even know that I believe in such things, but her highest score was in fluid reasoning. So Ava basically can adapt to situations quickly and make the best out of things. I have seen this firsthand. I don't think I have this ability as well, so I'm having to work on it. Being able to produce your art in suboptimal circumstances is a very useful thing to have as a musician. And I think parents can work on their ability to be fluid and adaptable by having certain things routine, but also allowing for small changes and shifts in schedule to test their ability to flex with grace. You can do this on regular weeks where you just have lessons and normal rehearsals to play it safe. I highly suggest it. My American teacher long ago suggested I get up in the middle of the night and play my program cold. My French violin teacher took my violin from me and untuned it by a smidge in every direction and then had me play the Beethoven concerto in preparation for a concert with orchestra. The 2D is so long in the Beethoven concerto and the church was historically cold, so he doubted there was anything I could do to have my violin stay on pitch by the time my entrance came. Both teachers here were trying to increase my adaptability. Also, if you're a parent who is someone who flusters easily and has trouble with managing multiple details with confidence, you will need to work on this until your child can do it for themselves. And as I said before, they are more sensitive to your emotions than other children sometimes because they're artists. So it won't be enough to deliver them on time if you are a mess and have cursed over parking, barked at other drivers, forgotten details at home, or are generally looking flustered and helpless. They will mirror you in some way or their playing will lose something that it needs, a fluidity, a humility, courage, or optimism. Over the years, I've had parents who are just as lovely as they can be on lesson days, but on concert days, they're scattered and forget things. Honestly, these were some of my loveliest parents. Don't forget, I dumped that water bottle straight on the floor. Oops. Nowadays, I think it helps to be techno-savvy so that things can be done a bit quicker and easier. This way, if situations arise or opportunities present themselves on the go, and they do, you will be able to handle them with a smile. It's okay to be scrappy. I like to think I am, but you would do everyone a favor to stay calm and light in spirit while you're being scrappy. So get friendly with your smartphone and make sure you have the ability to upload videos, send a publicity pic, have an updated bio for your young artist on your phone. It needs to be able to email in a minute. You might not have to use them right away, but when you do, you're going to feel like a superhero. As a kid, my mom really emotionally grounded me on concert days. She was amazing. Nothing would rattle her. We had the same meal as a ritual and played Scrabble. We warmed up together and we left early to avoid traffic. This is something I have to work on to be my best for Ava. I'm definitely an artist's parent in progress. So I think a lot about my mom these days and how together she was. 
except for one day, which sticks in my memory. So let's break for a story about parent temperament in the face of an unfortunate instrument and equipment failure. I think I've told this story before, but it is very relevant here. When I was 15 years old, I debuted as a soloist with the National Symphony Orchestra on the Tchaikovsky Concerto. At the beginning of the third movement, there's a round of pizzicatos, which are very boisterous, and I managed to pop my E string. I was shocked, and to make matters worse, it popped me right below the eye and cut me slightly, leaving a surface cut so it stung like crazy and brought tears to my eyes on stage. My parents had chosen to sit together that day. They were divorced and had been for many years, but on this day, rather than sit separately, they chose to sit as a family for me. And I remember looking out at the beginning of the concert from Kennedy Center stage and seeing them and feeling my heart well up. It meant so much to me that they were together. So I knew where they were and that they were together. So like any child in an emergency situation, after my string popped with my adrenaline racing and unsure what to do, I looked for them. And at first I thought they were gone. I heard in the background the conductor take the mic and tell everyone how this doesn't happen very often and how interesting an occurrence it is and how Amy Beth was now going to go backstage and blah, blah, blah. His voice was fading and my ears were ringing and my eyes were tearing. My whole face was red and all I could think was, where are they? Then I saw. Their heads were both down in their hands. I couldn't believe it. Suddenly I felt like an angry teen. Why weren't they even checking on me? I was all alone in this. This is a big day. Well, okay then. I remember feeling kind of ticked off and going backstage and changing the string quickly and returning back out. I then played better than I ever had on the third movement. But after the concert, my parents approached me a little sheepishly, almost like they knew they had gone absent. My mother, in particular, looked red-faced. They might have also been wondering whether I was upset or blamed myself for the string popping. I'm not sure. But in any case, I zoned in immediately on my father and asked him, where were you when that string popped? I couldn't even find you guys. Like most teens, I was trying to inject some humor, but I was also a bit hurt. And he looked at me, turned more than a bit defensive, and said words I will never forget. I'm sorry, Amy, but honestly, maybe you need to know something. We aren't like you. Your mom and I are church musicians, and we had no idea what to do. I just couldn't believe it, and I just panicked. Suddenly, I realized that, wow, I really was on my own in these scenarios. And a part of me liked it a little, but the other part wasn't really ready yet. So you might be thinking, well, all is well that ended well, right? Okay, but what if that had been me at 12 or 10? Would they have fared any better? How about me? I love my parents with all my heart. My mom and my dad never backed away from a challenge, even when it came to my training. But that day 
toppled them. They were also so proud of me for handling it the way I did, and it's all etched in my mind so beautifully. I honestly wouldn't change a thing. Maybe if I had seen their scared faces, it would have terrified me. It's probably better their heads were down then. Still, the thing I take away is stay calm and don't look down. I know if they could do it over again, they would look at me directly, lock eyes with me and mouth the words, it's all right. Flukes happen. You can prepare with all your heart and train perfectly for your performances and still encounter what I did. And I did beautifully that night. If I'm honest, I don't think they ever worried about me after that. Now, full circle with Ava, I encounter similar things. We've had presenters throw us curveballs, rehearsal times change on a dime, hotels have bomb threats in the middle of the night before appearances with orchestra, You name it, I've learned to look at her. I read her, and then I adjust myself. The thing is, I believe she's stronger than me in many ways. She's more fluid and rallies quicker. Maybe I used to be this way and have changed. I'm not sure. But what works now is what I said before. I face things calm and I don't look down. I look straight at her and I read her face. If a situation seems unsafe, I'm sure to speak up. I make sure she's as rested as possible and fed and watered, but if it just seems not ideal or a time is switched or we have to bustle or if we lack sleep, we can't control things, I don't voice panic or lack of faith that we can do this. If I need to complain or voice concern to someone, I do it out of earshot from her or by email. I shield her from that stress. I just look to her and accommodate around what I see as calmly as I can. By doing this, I've learned so much about her. I've learned that she can perform on little sleep. I've learned that she doesn't care about her surroundings for a rehearsal, that she will play the same in jeans as she does in a gown, and maybe even better. And that in many ways, emotionally, she's made for this, even when I'm not. By watching before reacting, I'm not influencing her with my own emotions. She's so sensitive, she picks up on every mood. It is part of what makes her a great musician. So I try and stay level. I'm not perfect, but I'm working on it. Sometimes this is exhausting because what's going on in my mind is a circus, but it's worth it. In the end, because plans never run perfectly, airlines can be late, venues are imperfect, and instruments will fail from time to time, what young artists need to know is that they can place faith in themselves and their abilities above all else. They carry their work and their gifts with them into what are always imperfect scenarios. And that's what makes art. Last, let's talk about how our temperament as parents can influence our kids on mindset, patience, and hard work during plateaus. Can we all agree that they will need to become experts on patience, mindset, and hard work to succeed in music? Talent will not be enough, and there will be many plateaus in their training. 
They might even feel like roadblocks when in fact the body is just taking everything in. How does our temperament as parents influence our child's ability to work through this? First off, think about your own work and other aspects of your life that have required great patience and incredible time and hard work. Are those days long gone or are you still at it? If you are a parent who is still exhibiting faith and patience and hard work in their daily lives and are modeling it for your kids, this can be very powerful. It could be anything from a health goal to a work promotion, helping the kids connect those dots to see that you practice what you preach to them can be so inspiring to young artists. But how do you feel watching them if you have your heart set on a concert career for them? Are you patient about plateaus and progress and getting from one level of playing to the next? There will be many plateaus and many skill sets which take an immense amount of time. And then there will be things in their child development popping in to compound things. The body needs to go through many processes to synthesize information and make it fluid and ready for action. Do you ever wonder whether something is amiss in training or effort or practice and voice your concerns? Sometimes I think this is useful, but most times I suggest parents keep that level of concern for progress and achievements private for as long as they can. My husband and I discuss these types of concerns over training, progress, commitment, or her mindset while she's at school or after bed. And oftentimes this happens during plateaus. Then we will have a brief conversation with her if we feel it might help. If she's faltering in patience during a plateau, I might implement an incentive in her work to try and bridge that gap. But sometimes plateaus are there for a reason. The body's processing information and things are just kind of percolating. Most teachers I know will tell you a kid sounds at their worst when they are working their hardest and right around the corner from a huge leap in progress. I've also had private conversations with Ava's teacher, never in front of her or at her lessons, if I'm concerned about her progress or a certain piece or technique. He always has such valuable insight, and I always leave thinking how glad I am I had that conversation without her. My point is getting to the next level or the next thing or piece might not be as important as the plateau that you're experiencing right now. If there is hard work happening, mindful, thoughtful work in progress will always have its own reward. We just can't schedule it. So by showing an even temperament, by not overreacting or voicing our impatience at process or results, We teach the kids that there will be periods where they work very hard and the results are not evident for a while, that they can trust in their work and efforts and not need to hear progress at every turn. Some legs of work are less about aural evidentiary progress and more about laying down roots for the future. This can be exciting too, but parents need to be on board. I've heard countless times from parents in front of children that they feel we need to work harder, that they need to catch up because they're behind in repertoire, prizes, achievements, you name it. Cue sullen, embarrassed looks from the children. I realize some of this is about mindset, but it's also about how quick people are to react to something that makes them feel uncomfortable. And that is about temperament. And it's something that we can work on as parents. 
we can rewire how we respond to something that makes us uncomfortable because we don't know enough about it. Temperament can be the difference between contemplative and thoughtful and reactive and emotional. There will be periods of training that make you dig deep, and the same will be true for the kids. This is character building for everyone involved. When you get to the achievement you seek, do you want your kid to feel tearfully relieved because they know this will finally calm your nerves? Or do you want them to take a moment and realize that hard work yields a beautiful return? One is all about the parent, and the other trains a young artist for what they will undoubtedly experience many times in their development and career. One tip I've given parents over the years is to reroute the anxiety they feel about plateaus or lack of progress with other parental actions they feel confident about. This could be enforcing a better sleep schedule, cooking more nutritious, nutrient-rich foods, or tending to the instrument by taking it to the shop. You can't force progress, but you can influence the environment where you want the progress to take place. And this generally calms us to know we are contributing in a meaningful way. So if you make this your response to anxiety, you're doing things which will affect the outcomes. In our last segment of today's episode, I feel I would be lacking if I didn't bring up the temperament of our young artists. So often I hear from parents how high temperament their kids are, and here I am asking parents to be even-tempered, right? It's a pretty tall order. I'd like you to be fluid and calm, and I can relate to the high task of raising a high-temperament kid especially around events and on busy weeks, Ava relies on me for stability and her behavior can be more challenging on every front. It feels like a series of behavioral tests to see if I'm there for her, steadfast in my love and support of her goals. I try to pass each of these tests, but I'm human, so I am still a work in progress. While we need to be even-tempered and fluid in our thinking, a young artist can be stubborn, energetic, a spirited child, as some like to say. These are hard kids to parent, but easy ones to love in my book. I encourage all parents of young artists who feel what I am saying is resonating to them to check out resources on spirited kids and parenting and talk to one another about what works. Certainly for us, on busy weeks where there is more pressure, I feel a shift in Ava and her ability to stay centered and cooperative. To help that, I try and increase family-oriented incentives for happy practice and focus in rehearsals so that we help her stay on track. I make her favorite meals, and I try to be as patient as I know how. The fact is, I would want to take that extra trip to the park or have a pizza night anyhow on these weeks just to get a breather. So using it as an incentive is useful and doesn't change my actual plans anyhow. I also pull her out half day from school sometimes and make sure that I spend other time with her that is not music related, even if I am tired. So maybe we will do some baking or watch a movie together or do some art I think this helps a tiny artist's head to know that your relationship and bond with them goes beyond their music making. It puts things in a loving perspective. 
I hope today's episode inspires parents to dig deep and understand how much impact their temperament has on the journey and success of their young artist. As a competitive violin teacher for many years, I have seen the full gamut of parenting styles, and I know how difficult it can be to watch our children shoot for the stars. I wrote this podcast and all of its episodes to empower parents to understand how much of a difference they can make in the trajectory of their children's careers. By educating and sharing stories from all of my perspectives, I hope it opens up dialogues at home and in studios or music institutions. If we work together, I believe it can change the course of who we hear on big stages later. Don't miss a beat. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Podbean. If you have a question or a topic you would like to discuss on Beyond the Triangle, my ears are wide open. Write me at beyondthetrianglepodcast at gmail.com. And let's connect.